and welcome back to the Thundersticks Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Kreider, and today I'm going to be going over last night's Thunder Heat game and why this game was Darius Baisley's best performance of the season. Now, going into this Heat Thunder matchup, a little bit surprising. Um, there was actually only two refs in this game. Normally, in these NBA games, there are three referees. There's one on each baseline and then one kind of in the middle, man in like the sidelines and all that sorts. Dude in the middle was gone. So whenever there were plays on the sideline when there are 50-50 balls, the refs didn't really know what to do. So it made this game a little bit weird, but I don't really know how much of an impact it truly made on this game. And I will go into that in a little bit. Just starting things out in the first quarter, though. Darius Baisley was asserting himself to the fullest. Of the team's first six shots, Baisley jacked up four of those. And it wasn't just like him shooting catch and shoots from the corner like we've seen from him. He was pulling up into mid-ranges. He was driving in on those four shots. And he was just trying to get physical down low. And I think he even got a pair of free throws off of those four attempts. But with Baisley shooting those four, he was one of four, and the other t- guys, they shot 0 of 2. So we started this game 1 of 6 from the field, and Miami took complete advantage of this. They went on an 11 to 3 run in the first three and a half minutes. And just looking at it, if we're breaking this down, the first half of the first quarter, so the first six minutes, the Heat were shooting 70%. They were shooting 7 of 10 to the Thunders, 3 of 11. So Miami, obviously, shooting that high of a percentage, they were up 9, 6 minutes through the first. They were up 16 to 7. And really, Baisley was kind of just leading us in the beginning stages of the game. He had 8 of our first 10 points, and then he kind of cooled off for the rest of that quarter. I think he finished the quarter with 8. But anyways, Baisley got hot, and then it was SGA's turn. So SGA was actually getting matched up a ton on the Miami bigs. And whenever you got a bigger dude on you, you're going to drive in. So SGA was driving in, and it led to just some easy buckets inside. There's layups. There's wide open passes. He could really do it all. So we were able to kind of inch back into this game. We went on a 6-0 run in under a minute around that five-minute mark. So we closed this gap to just 18-16. to But then Tyler Hero, he came back with a three of his own. And I've mentioned in the game preview and on my website, I covered the potential in Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. Like when one of them get hot, you got to watch out. So Hero hits that big three. And it looks like maybe they're going to be able to pile onto that. Absolutely not. In the final um, couple seconds of this first quarter, actually, we closed out on a 6-0 run. Mike Muscala started 0-3 from downtown in the first, but he got a he got a three with five left. Jacks it up. He gets fouled on it, and it goes in. So he gets a four-point play for what seems like, like the fifth game in a row. It's like he he's in those situations a lot somehow, and I'm not going to complain. So he hit that three. He hit the free throw. 
And Justin Jackson, who was kind of playing in replacement of Poku, as previously stated, Poku was out for a concussion in this game. So guys like Roby and Jackson were actually playing in this first quarter. The last three uh, minutes of the first, they were both in. But yeah, Jackson stole the inbound pass and put up one of his signature runners, which I always seem to talk about on here. Went in. So we actually were able to tie this game up in the first. It was knotted at 26-26. The Thunder, they were getting their main points off of turnovers. They had 11 points off turnovers in the first. I think Miami had like five turnovers or something. So ball security was an issue. And then off the bench, we had a 10-3 advantage in that first quarter. The Heat... They were getting their points from the three-point line. They shot four of seven from downtown. And the Thunder, they shot two of ten from downtown. So that's why we kind of had to get down low and get those easy buckets off turnovers to really keep us in the game through one quarter. But in the second, the thing that I love, and I've always praised this Roby Maladon connection, first thing in the second quarter, there's a high ball screen set. Isaiah Roby sets the high ball screen for Maladon. He gets a wide open look from three, and he makes it. And then a couple plays later, Hamadou Diallo pulls off one of his signature ISO hang up in the air for 10-second layups. But yeah, he was able to tack inside and then make some really nice mid-air passes, which we see Diallo kind of make passes while he's driving into the lane. But while he's airborne, when he's throwing it out, like out of the air, it's never that accurate. In this game, he was actually quite accurate passing out of the shots. So that's a big plus from Diallo. However, these efforts were not big enough. The Miami Heat want, went on a 16-5 to run to start off this quarter. And if you're wondering, the two buckets that we made were Maladons and Diallos, but the reason they were able to go on this run so early was off of the three ball. And then on top of that, they were just clogging the paint. Like SGA was able to navigate through the lane in this first quarter. They completely shut it down. And for whatever reason, Gilgis Alexander did not feel comfortable shooting it from distance this game. So he would drive in, he gets all caught up, and the play just kind of goes nowhere. There was a couple like backcourt violations and out-of-bounds plays because SGA would get stuck down low, and he just kind of had to send it off to the three-point line and pray that it was near a Thunder guy, and it was not. So the Heat did a great job locking him down specifically inside, and it kind of just led to us not being able to produce from anywhere. And then even more so on these runs, Miami closed the quarter on a 7-0 run. So they start hot, 16-5. We kind of inch back a bit. And then they go on their 7-0 run again. So they push this back out. Duncan Robinson, who, like I said with Hero, I talked about in the game preview. One of the big things with him was you need to stop him from three. Because once he hits one shot, he's going to hit five. He is like a robot when it comes to shooting the three ball. He catches and shoots it. 
so fast and the form is the exact same every time the arc is the exact same and it goes through the bottom of the basket the same way every time and if you're wondering how it goes in it's like a swish so he got it he got hot he hit one shot in the quarter that led to two threes and then three triples so he hit three three balls in the second quarter alone and the Heat, they kind of piggybacked off of the trend Robinson was having. He was leading the charge from downtown. And the team as a whole shot 7 of 12 from the three-pointer in that quarter. So they shot 58% from three. OKC went 3 of 12 from three. So we shot 25%, struggling in both those quarters. Heat, they were on fire, man. Went into halftime with the Heat's biggest lead of the game up, up to that point. They were up 14-63-249. And at half, surprisingly for the Heat, you know, I was hyping up Duncan Robinson there in the second. The halftime leading scorer for the Miami Heat was actually Jimmy Butler. He had 14 points on 5 of 9 shooting. He was not shooting it from 3. He was kind of the one, I'd say, outcast of this Heat group in in yesterday's game because everyone was shooting from outside. We would get keyed in on the outside, and that's when Butler would strike with his mid-range and inside game. So he put up 14 pretty quietly, and then Robinson was not too far behind with his 12 points on 4 of 8 shooting. For the Thunder, SGA actually led... The whole entire game in points by halftime. He had 15 points and 3 assists. Those assists came off of drive and dishes. He was shooting 6 of 9. And he was making it work inside. Like I was kind of confused why on earth he would intentionally go in every time. When the Heat were really giving him good looks from up top. And that's something I did not expect to see in this game. I thought this game would be SGA getting doubled constantly and having to kick it out to other guys for like open shots. No, SGA was running right into Miami's defense and he kind of fell into their trap at times. So if he was shooting it from the mid-range and the three, I think his stats could have looked a lot different and we probably would have not been down by 14. But anyways... I think the main reason they built this 14-point lead, the Heat, it was all about ball movement. They had 19 assists in that first half to the Thunder's 11. And what those 19 assists led to were wide-open threes. That's how they were able to shoot. What was it? I think they shot 11 of 19 from three in the half. They shot 58% from three off of all these extra passes. They make you run around. And then they finally get the shooter that they want, whether it's Hero, whether it's Duncan Robinson. Drogic hit a couple out there as well. They have a lot of shooters, and you kind of just run out of options. If you got to keep switching over and over, one of the shooters will be open, and he's bound to hit it. And another shooter I forgot to mention was Kelly Olenek. And he was a little bit calm in this first half, but just keep him in the back of your head. Thunderwise, they actually shot more threes than the Heat did in that first half. They shot 22, and they only made five. 
So they only made 23% of those threes off of really just clogged up looks because there weren't these extra passes that you tend to see. The open looks were found off the driving dishes, but when we were playing in the half court, not trying to drive in, no real movement or production was going on. We were just super duper inefficient, and that's how you wind up shooting 23% from the three-point arc. But going into this second half, Eshier was right back at his ways in the first. He was driving inside, trying to pass out. Baisley kind of took control after SGA's one or two possessions of trying to go inside. And I will tell you, man, this is probably the best I have seen Baisley all year. The stretch that he had in the opening stages of this third quarter. He hit two threes from the right wing. And then for his next two points, he just drove in and got to the line. So he hit two quick threes plus those two free throws, eight points in the matter of only a few minutes. And that led to a Thunder 11-2 run in the first four minutes of the third to close this gigantic gap of 14 down to 67-63. Looked like we were on the up and up. And it seemed like Baisley would just continue to take over and we would reclaim, not even reclaim, we would just get the lead at some point in this game and that would have been the time. Butler and Kelly Olenek were not having that at all. They scored 10 points straight, 10-0 run between those two and that pushed the Heat lead right back up to 14. And what did the Thunder do to counter this? They swapped out some of their bigs like Al Horford for people like Justin Jackson and Isaiah Roby to try to relieve the little pain that we had going with that giving up 10 in a row after it seemed like we were just there because really we were. The lineup that we were running was Eshier, Dort, Baisley, Justin Jackson, and Isaiah Roby. So we tried the small ball look to counter these guys hitting it from three so we can have you know, some more agile people to close out on shots and all that stuff. But it also did not work. They kept charging along, and they scored seven more points. So if you're combining it, a 17-0 run. And Olenek had 11 of those 17 points. He was not missing from three, and then everybody was expecting him to stay around the arc. And that's where he got his two points inside. So three three balls and a layup. And I think he was 4 of 4 in that stretch. I'm pretty sure he didn't miss. Mark Dagnall kind of just seemed to pull the plug. I mean, going on a 17 to 0 tangent like that, got to be a little bit crushing. I'm not going to say we gave up because we sure as hell did not. But he just threw the whole entire second unit out there, minus SGA. So SGA was playing alongside Maladon, Diallo, Justin Jackson, and Isaiah Roby. Still cannot stop anything. They got a precious Achua and one to get a 20-0 run in that quarter. And then we finally were able to hit a shot. But this run of theirs went from the seven-minute mark in the third quarter until two minutes left in the quarter. Like, how does that happen? 
I don't know. They built themselves on a 24-point lead. It was 87-63 to 63 before a shot was made by the Thunder, and it was an SGA 3. This was the epitome of a perfect quarter of basketball from the Miami Heat's perspective. Both sides on offense and defense, they were just killing us. 9 of 17 from the field in this quarter. Of those nine shots, four of those were from long range. In the defense, man, if you're able to keep a team like ours scoreless for six minutes, kudos to you. It seemed like we were just there that whole entire time. We are just off the mark on all of our shots. But they, you got to give them credit. They were doing a great job contesting us. And just not allowing us to get into any sort of rhythm. They shut down the passing lanes. Kind of forced us into these awkward situations. And that's how they kept chugging along and building and building. Until really, this game got kind of out of hand. The Heat's first foul on defense came with 4.8 seconds to go in the third quarter. How on earth does that happen? I don't know. That was just perfect team basketball from the Miami Heat. And you really cannot even start nitpicking and complaining because you need to give them the props. They were getting open time and time again when the Thunder knew exactly what their strategy was. They were trying to jack up threes. And if the three wasn't working, they'd cut in. Couldn't stop either of them. That's how they just built that huge lead. I mean, they... Outscored us 28-17 to 17 in that quarter. One thing I would like to mention, though, Jeff from Ardmore, I am truly sorry. We did not get a Sonic Slam in the third quarter. So if you guys aren't familiar with this, the Thunder awards a gift card of some sorts to a random fan out there if the Thunder can make a dunk in the third quarter. Did not happen this game, so... I'm not sure if he's still going to get compensated or if they're just going to slide him money under the table. But if you're going by the rules, man, Jeff left this game empty-handed. And if I was him, I would have been pulling all my hairs out because they could not get anything going on offense. And they couldn't get inside for the dunk because they were clogging up the paint. Anyways, though, going into the fourth quarter... Look, if it wasn't already over, this made it over. Bam Adebayo skies up for a lob. He catches it with like one hand and just posterizes Mike Muscala. So really the dagger. We were just throwing out everybody we could in the fourth quarter. Darius Miller got his first minutes with the Thunder. He got his Thunder debut after dealing with an Achilles injury all of last season. and. I guess it was still nagging or he felt uncomfortable until today because he hasn't played for us. But yeah, he's been gone for a year plus. Great to see him back on the court. He got on with seven minutes to go in this game. Big task on his hands. He needed to trim down a 29-point lead. Sadly, he was not able to do that. But he got his first bucket to go with us. He hit a three ball with 140 to go in this game so congratulations to Darius Miller some of the things that I saw from the young Thunder guys 
starting with Diallo in this quarter. He's been looking comfy in the mid-range, and he hasn't like tried to force any stupid drive-ins. Like When people are sagging off a lot, he'll actually shoot it now, and he's been hitting it. I know his jumper is a little bit clunky and awkward, and when it doesn't go in, you want to start screaming at your TV because it's like, dude, how can you not fix that jump shot? When it goes in, it's cool. He made a pull-up jumper in this one, so like it from him. Maladon was getting open from three. He had a, another Roby Maladon pick-and-roll situation where Roby was rolling. He got both of those defenders on him, so Maladon was just sitting at the top of the key for a wide-open three. Missed that one, but he came back and hit a three a couple minutes later in the fourth I just really love that pick and roll. It's something that I think should be here to stay, even when Poku is back in the rotation. But yeah, another guy, Kenrich Williams. He actually didn't play until the fourth quarter of this game. And he's been a guy who has consistently been playing in the opening stages of the second and just all throughout the game. Maybe he needed rest in this game or... Dagnall wanted to test out Justin Jackson again. That's what I'm assuming, but he didn't play until really there was nobody else that hadn't touched the floor. So he got thrown out there, and he's always a positive player. Like, he was a spark on the defensive end. Kind of just seemed like we were out of it in the fourth. But Kenny Hustle brought the hustle. He got, I believe, two poked balls in the fourth. One of those was a steal. Another one, he just jarred it loose. And I think the Heat recovered it. But just the high-energy plays, even when we're down a lot of points, never giving up is a trait that I think every single NBA front office person wants to have in their guys. So always good to see Kenrich Williams out there playing for us. Moses Brown, our two-way player, one of our two two two-way players, He got to the line eight times in a matter of six minutes. And I I feel like I should maybe rephrase it. On four of his shots, he got fouled. So he he shot eight free throws. Um, He converted on a decent amount of those. Seven foot two. He's kind of that. He's kind of a true center. He, He is. I mean, we don't have any other guys outside of Horford that are true centers. Like Muscala has filled in the role fine. but. If we're looking for a straight-up five, Moses Brown is the guy. And whenever he plays, he's not about shooting middies or anything like that. He's all down low. But he was doing it well in this game. So I liked what I saw from him in the closing minutes of the game. And then I'll tell you what. The other two-way player, Josh Hall, he wasn't really shooting much. And he was out there for... I, I believe he was out there for a good portion of the second um of the second portion of that fourth quarter. He played a total of seven minutes, but oh of two, he tried driving in strong on somebody, couldn't get the touch, and then from three, little off the mark. He still reminds me of rookie Baisley, man. Like maybe Baisley, rookie Baisley toned back a bit. We're looking at like training camp rookie Baisley. 
But he's a dude that I think we should continue to throw out there. We have a hole at small forward. He fills that. He's been super passive. He's just kind of been lingering around the, the corner in the wing. But he's fast, and he's a dude who can handle the ball and try to create. So in in other games, I want to see Hall playing minutes, and I want to see him having the chance to have the ball in his hands because he really hasn't um, as of right now. But with all that said, we had some nice – Little bits here and there in the fourth quarter from some of our young guys, but it really didn't matter at that point. We ended up losing this game 118 290. Key players in this one. I think the player of the game has to go to Kelly Olinick of the Miami Heat. Kelly Olinick dropped 19 points on seven of nine shooting in just 28 minutes of play, and he was five of seven. From the three-point line, he made more threes than Duncan Robinson did. So nobody was stopping him. He was hitting it from way downtown, not just a couple feet behind the line. We're talking like this dude's looking like Steph Curry at times in this game. He was that good, especially in that 20-0 run. And without that 20-0 run, this could have been a very different game. Because after that run, as I told you guys, we just kind of gave up really. Or we wanted to give some of our younger guys opportunities again. But he put the nail in the coffin for us. And if there was a turning point in the game, it had to come with Olenek starting to hit from downtown. Another player, Bam Adebayo. And he actually led their team in points. He had 20 points on 9 of 10 shooting, 8 rebounds, and 4 assists. Adebayo, like, I'd say 5 of those nine that he ended up hitting came off of lobs. We did not have the athleticism from guys like Muscala and Horford to get up there and deflect these lobs. And whenever we were running Roby out there, I mean, six foot eight versus um, Bam Adebayo, who's six foot nine, but that dude is super athletic. He's going to get up there and get the ball. So they're just abusing us with the center whenever they were going for these lobs, man. So nothing we could do about it, um, to be quite honest with you. Moses Brown actually deflected one of these, and that's another plus to him, but just couldn't stop it. And just inside, whenever nobody was finding it from three, he was their trusty dude to do things down low. Some other people, Jimmy Butler put up a casual 18 Duncan Robinson cooled off after the second quarter, but his impact was made in the game. And Tyler Hero, I'm actually surprised. He only shot three of nine in this game. So good on us for stopping Tyler Hero, I guess. For the Thunder, our best player was Darius Baisley, and nobody was close to him. Baisley put up 16 points. On 5 of 10 shooting, 3 of 5 from 3, 8 boards, 2 steals, 2 assists, and a block. He was all over the place, and I will go into him in a little bit because I'm really, really happy with how Baisley played in this game. SGA, he was our team leader in points. He had 18 on 7 of 15 shooting, 
two of five from three, and I would have liked to seen him shoot more there because he had the shot wide open, but he just wanted to drive in, so it's cool. He had two rebounds and four assists in this game. I don't know if those are his season lows, but it sure feels like it. I think he just kind of was not able to get things going in those two areas and really just scoring as well because 7 of 15 on pretty much solely layups is pretty garbage when we're being completely honest. But yeah, so he had issues. And then Lou Dort, he only played 24 minutes. He was really good in those 24 minutes, though. He had 12 points on 4 of 8 shooting, 2 of 4 from downtown. He had a rebound and 2 assists. He's looked so confident from 3 guys. Like, we started this year kind of squinting and like not wanting to look when Dort's jacking up a 3. When Dort's jacking up a 3, I'm getting excited because I actually expect him to fall. At least for right now. He's been shooting at a pretty high clip all throughout this season. And at one point, I think he was like 8 of 15 um, through however many games it was. And with 2 of 4, he's just going to continue to improve that percentage right there. So, big thumbs up to Dort on this one. I'm always happy with how he plays. Like... He does it on defense, and then on offense, he has been a pleasant surprise, really. There are some guys who stunk it up a bit in this one, and I'm going to start with George Hill. And I want to say, I am kind of, um, kind of feel happy that I was able to get my player spotlight on Hill when I did yesterday, because his 15.3 point per game average is going down the drain after this one. Hill only put up three points on one of five shooting, one of three from downtown. He had two assists, but just was not able to feel it. He's a league leader in three-point percentage last year at 46, was only 33% in this one. So just not able to get the impact that we wanted out of him. I expect him to recover from this, but... I don't know. I was kind of pinning him as like Mr. Consistent almost in this Mike Muscala category, but he just wasn't feeling it tonight. And funny thing too, Mike Muscala also was not feeling it tonight. He shot just one of seven in the game and all those shots came from the three. I really don't know what to say about this one, to be quite honest with you. The shots were good. Just got in that funk. The whole team got in this funk. Nobody could really find their way out of it. Muscal is no different. The way he was shooting it, I didn't have any complaints. Like, every time he shot the ball, I didn't have a problem because they were actually open. But, yeah. I don't, ex- don't want to, like get scared about Muscala. He's going to be great in our next game. I think the last dude who I think may have underperformed a little bit is Justin Jackson. Now, Justin Jackson played 19 minutes for us, 2 of 7 from the field, and 0 of 5 from the three-point range. He had six points, seven rebounds, and that steal, which led to that little floater as time expired but 
he's kind of, like he's supposed to be a stretch four, and I thought he was getting good enough looks. I'm shocked he wasn't able to hit one of these. And really throughout the year, like the game he was playing big minutes. Um, I think it was Tuesday's Orlando game. He may have even gotten a starting nod there. He couldn't hit. And this one, he plays 19, still can't hit. The floaters that he pulls off, they're sweet. But he just can't find any sort of touch. And when you're a guy like Jackson where you're 6'7 and not really as mobile as these other small forwards, you need to be making things up in other areas like the three ball. And he was all five on wide open ones. So I don't know exactly what his minutes will look like due to, I think, Williams kind of outperforming him in this one. But maybe we'll see him in the next one and he can recover. But, you know, we got other dudes over here that I can mention. We got Diallo. He put up nine on three of three shooting. Always a good look from him whenever he's 3 of 3 and not trying to jack up a ton of shots. Maladon, he was 2 of 7 in his 18 minutes. All those shots came from 3. Paint was shut down, so he couldn't go inside, but yeah. And then to round things out, we might as well go with Isaiah Roby. In 24 minutes, he was 1 of 5 from the field and 1 of 3 from deep. The thing that I do want to highlight in this game, though, we can talk all about these negatives and how this may have been one of our worst performances of the season. But for one person, it was without a doubt their best. Darius Baisley had a really, really solid night. And if you're comparing the box scores between games, sure, this was not his greatest game. He had a game... I think it was actually the last one against the Magic where he put up 18 and 12. Now, he only put up 16 and 8. But the way that he was getting his points in this one was a lot better than the way he did in Orlando. Orlando, he's just trying to drive in. In this one, he looked like a straight-up shot creator because he is. These threes that he was pulling off, the three that he hit, Two of those, he was kind of dribbling into those on the right wing. And I was telling y'all a bit about that earlier. He hits those right in the guy's face and then follows it up, driving in hard. So those are where you're getting your eight points uh, out of those 16. But he just continued to try to drive in. He tried pulling up everywhere on the court. He basically was trying to exploit it on the offensive end. You got threes, you got middies, and you have the paint. And hey, even the free throw line, you can throw that in too because he shot a solid three of three from the field goal line. And rebounding wise, he was still just as active as always. He's tipping the ball around 10 times in a row. He's slamming the thing into the side of the backboard so he can bounce it off and rebound it that way. Just gotten really creative with finding ways to get these rebounds because he doesn't have the advantage in the height category and he'll make it up with things like that. And on defense, two steals from him. 
Really, when I'm looking at Baisley, I'm looking at the blocks on defense, but he was able to get into the Miami Heat's pockets. That's how we're getting those 11 points off turnovers in the first. It was because of Baisley. He was poking it loose and throwing it down for the easy layups on the other end. And then getting that one block. He's always great at contesting people. And he did it really, really solid. Like he wasn't forcing himself into fouls. We've seen times where he gets in foul trouble early. This was not one of them. He only had one foul in these 26 minutes. So if we're looking at Baisley's game, like in a full body of work, this was his all around greatest. Everywhere on the court, he was doing just fine. And it sucks that he was kind of pulled, the, the plug was pulled on him when he went on the 8 0 run of his own. I think he should have continued to have the ball. I think the ball found his way back into SGA's hands, but I wish it just stayed with him because I know that. It probably would have been more than eight points that he would have been dropping. He was that, that solid in this game. But other than that, guys, I have nothing for you all. Make sure to tune into tomorrow's podcast. I'll be giving you guys a game preview and just some of my other thoughts. Um, But yeah, thank you all for listening, and I will see you all next time.